From NPR and WNYC, coming to you from the Bell House in beautiful Brooklyn, New York, it's NPR's hour of puzzles, word games, and trivia, Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. We have a great show for you. Four brilliant contestants are here to play our nerdy games. They are backstage sewing the legs back onto their jorts in preparation for fall. (laughs) And one of them will be our big winner. And our special guest is actor Ilfanesh Hedera. Yeah. Ilfanesh is in the reboots of She's Gotta Have It and Baywatch. She stars in the modern-day versions of really old things. That's what she's, yeah. She's like the Beyond Burger of actors. Yeah, Ilfinesh, you heard right. She uh, starred in the reboot of Baywatch, which means she looks like a goddess. And you lucky listeners get to hear her. If you're like, what have I also seen her in? The truth is, Ilfinesh has starred in so many television shows and movies, but many of them have the same titles as Nightmares I've Had. (laughs) Chicago Fire, Deception, Conviction, Master of None, The Punisher, The Blacklist, and my personal everyday hell, Difficult People. I know you're not supposed to wear uh, white after Labor Day, but I'm going to counter it with my own rule, which is I will wear every piece of clean clothing I have until I am forced to do laundry. That is my rule. And yes, I might just buy new underwear and Febreze my jeans. Sure. How do you clean your jeans? This is like a huge thing. How do you wash jeans? How do you wash your jeans? I I know this is going to sound crazy, but I put them in the washing machine. (laughs) You're not supposed to do that. That's no, how you ruin I know them. People are weird about jeans. I don't get why. I just wash them like a normal person. Does anyone put their jeans in the freezer? Yeah, it doesn't, the freezer thing doesn't work, by the way. Yeah, it's supposed to kill the bacteria on it, but it turns out that it just slows their breeding a little bit. Uh, and then you take them out and they're like, woohoo, go! You know, they get it more excited. So, also, they then have all the food from your freezer is in the jeans. <laughs> yeah, right. They, they yeah, that. th- that's right. There's nothing more disgusting than opening up your freezer to see a disgusting pair, pair of, of dirty pants. <laughs> Stuck to a popsicle. <laughs> Stuck to a popsicle. Draped over an open <laughs> container of a Americone dream. Yes. <laughs> that bag of open peas just all over them. What do you do with your jeans? Oh, I, uh, I boil them. <laughs> that really does kill the bacteria. Can't wear them for about three weeks while they calm down, being air-dried. And then they're ruined. So then I buy a new pair. Perfect. All right, let's play some games, everybody. In our first game, we'll replace a word from a popular TV show's title with a rhyming animal. True to his name, Dick Wolf has actually created so many of these. Macaw and Order. (laughs) Macaw and Order Criminal Intent. (laughs) Macaw and Order Special Victims Unit. (laughs) Starring Macaw Harkatay. First up, Annabel Jones. You're a marketing and communications manager and joining us all the way from Raleigh, North Carolina. Yeah. Nice. You and your fiance go to a ton of concerts. Yes. Like 38 shows last couple years? Yes, right? 38 shows in the two years we've been together. Wow, okay. So are you like dance in the middle of the floor with everybody or sit on in a nice seat and enjoy it from a a balcony perspective? Uh, Depends on the average age of the other guests. Oh, okay. Uh, The younger the crowd, the more I'm going to be in the back in the balcony. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) For sure. Annabelle, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Eric Bosworth. You're an elementary computer science teacher and visiting from Dartmouth, Massachusetts. Eric, you recently took up crocheting. I did. Okay, and (laughs) what have you been working on? 
I am working on a uh, small doll that looks like Daenerys Targaryen, the mother of dragons, <laughs> from Game of Thrones. Yeah. yeah. And is, is that going to be for yourself? No. Um, my cousin is a big Game of Thrones fan, and he's having a little girl soon. Aww. A natural gift for a baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Annabelle and Eric, whoever has more points after two games, will go to our final round. So we're going to start with a word game called Nature Shows. In this game, we're going to imagine a future where every network and streaming platform has been absorbed by Animal Planet. So in every answer, you are going to replace part of a popular television show's title with a rhyming animal word. For example, if we said, this Netflix drama explores life in a women's prison through the eyes of a long-haired Himalayan herbivore known for its fatty milk, you would answer... Orange is the new yak. All right. This is good. You guys mouthed along with the answer, both of you, so I feel like it's going to go great. Here we go. In this HGTV reality show, a couple meets up with a real estate agent to tour three homes and find the one with the cutest little rodent in it. Eric. Uh, That would be Mouse Hunters. Yeah, that is correct. That totally sounds like a New York real estate spin. (laughs) That's right. Good news, this one also has rodents. In this Netflix cartoon starring Nick Kroll, John Mulaney, and Jenny Slate, a suburban preteen hog navigates middle school, puberty, and mud baths. Eric. Uh, I think that's pig mouth. It is pig mouth. That's right. Elizabeth Banks hosts this ABC game show revival in which contestants go for big bucks, no whammies, while gently squeezing a quacking waterfowl. Annabelle. I was going to make a pun. Who wants to be a billionaire? But I was thinking about ducks, so Bill, but no, I don't think that's it. That's a nice pun. Do you want to try for a different answer? Uh, (laughs) I'm blanking. Blanking? Okay. Eric, can you steal? So I didn't know it until Annabelle made the awesome pun. I think it's press your duck. Press your duck, yes. Press your luck. Thank you. In this Hulu series, A.D. Bryant plays a small ocean-dwelling crustacean who navigates love, journalism, and the baleen whales who keep trying to eat her. Krill? Krill is correct, yes. This is your last clue. In this game show, you must respond in the form of a question, or you'll be mauled by a tree-climbing wildcat with a spotted coat. (laughs) Eric. I think that one is leopardy. Yeah, that's correct. And that explains why their handwriting is so hurried. (laughs) They're running from leopards. (laughs) They're running from leopards. Okay, great game. Eric is in the lead. Next, we'll play a game about early recordings and not just the voicemails my ex leaves me at 5 a.m. So this audio quiz is called Forgive the Recording Quality. We just invented recording. These questions are about some of the earliest pieces of audio ever recorded. These clips come from the Lawrence Berkeley National Laboratory and the AHRC Research Center. Eric, stay in the lead and you're in the final round. Annabelle, you need to get more points or you have to watch every smartphone video you've taken at every concert. (laughs) Okay, here we go. According to The Atlantic, this is perhaps the oldest playable piece of recorded sound from America. Amazing. (laughs) Sounds really good. (laughs) Uh, That was a recording of Mary Had a Little Lamb, made in 1878, by what inventor? Eric. I'm going to go on a a limb and say Thomas Edison. Yeah, your limb is gone on right. (laughs) 
Is that what you were going to say? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I know there's a lot of static and stuff, but also just sounds creepy. He's, right? ye he's yelling it from far away. Right, yelling it from thing. very far away. Why are you doing that, you crazy old man? <laughs> okay, so it turns out Thomas Edison was not the first person to record sound. Edward Leon Scott de Martinville uh, beat him using an invention that recorded sound waves on a sheet of paper. Sounds like a child playing a recorder into the wind. <laughs> that is a recording of what famous composition? The title is French for Light of the Moon. Claire de Lune. That's right, Annabelle. Claire de Lune is correct. This clip from 1901 is one of the earliest recordings of a woman singing. Medea May Figner originated roles in operas written by Tchaikovsky in what country? Annabelle. Russia. Correct. Yeah. This is your last clue. This 1885 recording is from Alexander Graham Bell's Volta Laboratory. That's the famous to be or not to be from what Shakespeare play? Eric. Hamlet. Yes, that is correct. All right, great game. Eric, you are going to the final round. Coming up, actor Ilfanesh Hedera joins us to talk trivia, and we imagine what it would be like if tech support existed for old-timey inventions. I wonder if back then the Abacus IT guy rolled his eyes, too. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. Support for NPR and the following message comes from Rothy's. Rothy's are the everyday flats for life on the go. Stylish, versatile, fully machine washable, and they go with everything from yoga pants to dresses and skirts. Best of all, there's zero break-in period thanks to their woven design seamlessly crafted from recycled water bottles. Plus, Rothy's always come with free shipping and free returns and exchanges. Find out why BuzzFeed called them their forever shoes at rothys.com another. Support for NPR and the following message comes from Weston Hotels and Resorts. At Weston, their entire reason for being is your well-being, which is why their wellness offerings are curated with one thing in mind, you. An eat-well menu crafted with fresh ingredients. An on-demand fitness gear lending program that allows you to pack light and stay fit. And their heavenly bed, which helps you conquer the day by giving you a restful night. Explore at Weston.com, a member of Marriott Bonvoy. I can't believe that summer is basically over. I know. And you know what that means. The 2020 presidential race is only going to heat up. It's a good thing we spent all summer sitting down with the Democratic candidates for president. Hello. It is great to be with you. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm delighted to be here. My pleasure. Appreciate it. Check out the NPR Politics Podcast feed for exclusive interviews with all the candidates on the debate stage. Subscribe. <laughs> okay. <laughs> This is Ask Me Another, NPR's Hour of Puzzles, Word Games, and Trivia. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. It's time to welcome our special guest. She played Opal in the Netflix series, She's Gotta Have It. And she stars in the new epic series, Godfather of Harlem. Please welcome Ilfanesh Hadera. Ilfanesh, is this your first podcast slash radio This is my appearance? first podcast. Really? Yes, you this are my it? very first. Okay, uh, well, that is quite an honor. Thank you yeah. for having me. Now, you are a graduate of the Performing Arts School, LaGuardia High I School, am. also known I as am. fame. 
But you also got your start acting at an after-school program in uh, middle school. Yeah, Harlem School of the Arts. Amazing place. That's where I started during the summer. My mom wanted to keep me out of trouble, and it was either summer camp or Harlem School of the Arts. So I reluctantly chose the theater program there. Reluctantly. I really, I was like, I did not like attention. I still do not like attention or being in the spotlight. Um, so I, I chose that, and, and it was like the best thing that ever happened. And you are in Spike Lee's uh, oeuvre. I mean, you're in four of his projects at this point. How did you and Spike Lee connect? Um, God, I had a, a manager who I actually met at my LaGuardia senior year showcase. Okay. So he was sending me out for primarily commercial work. Sure. But I got an email and it was kind of someone I didn't take seriously because he wasn't sending me out for the things that I thought he should be sending me out for. And I think it's going to be another just, you know, thing that I don't want to go on. And it's like HBO pilot, the brick director, Spike Lee. And I was like, oh, I should probably go. (laughs) I should probably go. And then the dread sets in because you're like, oh, God, Spike is going to be in the room. And I was like, well, I know enough to know that this isn't how it usually works. This is the first audition. So why is he going to be in the room? So now I'm like, oh, God. So I auditioned. He wasn't there. He sees the footage. And then I get the appointment for the callback. And now I'm nervous. Right. Because now I'm like, oh, this is within reach. And he's there for that, I imagine. They said he was going to be there for that. He was not there for Elusive. that either. I know. I was, but I was so relieved. Right. Okay. So then you work on with him on that project. On that, and that's how I met Spike. And uh, just you know through a regular audition. And the subsequent projects, did you audition or? At I that did. Point? Spike has made me audition for every single part uh, I've ever gotten from him. And you know. I think a lot of actors they get to a certain point and they don't they get offers. Sure. Um, and I'm sure Spike is not making Denzel audition. Um, but I think he's someone who has worked really hard for everything he's gotten and is not a fan of handouts. And I respect that. Yeah. And I think it, it's part of your job as an actor to audition. It's yeah. like there's no ego there. It's, what, it's just part of what you do. Right. So you have a new show coming out on Epics called Godfather of Harlem. Yeah. It's based on true events uh, starring yourself, Forrest Whitaker, Vincent D'Onofrio. Giancarlo Esposito. I just, as a big fan, I've got a yeah. pretty serious. Thought. So this show is a prequel of the 2007 film American Gangster, and it tells the story of crime boss Bumpy Johnson and his return to the streets of Harlem in the early 60s, and yeah. you portray his wife, uh, Mamie Johnson, yep. who is a real person. Yep, she she passed away in 2009. I think so, yeah. Did you go to whatever source material was available? Yeah, I mean, she did before she passed, um, Mamie Johnson, who I'm playing, write a book called uh, Harlem Godfather. So I, I turned to that, you know. She really had an issue with the, the portrayal of the relationship between Nikki Barnes and Bumpy Johnson in American Gangster because it made it seem like, you know, Nikki Barnes came up under Bumpy Johnson and that he was his right-hand man. And she's, like, really vocal about saying, like, this is not so. Like, Nikki Barnes drove my man around, like, once before he was fired. <laughs> like, basically. <laughs> I got it. Like, he was not good enough to hang with Bumpy. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So when you were part of the Baywatch film. Oh, yes. That film. With Dwayne The The Rock Rock Johnson. Johnson. (laughs) He described you as tougher than new rope. I know. (laughs) What is he referring to? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? I mean, I'll be very honest. Yeah. We hadn't even met when he wrote that. Really? So I guess he was just looking at me and thinking she looks really tough, which is fine. Yeah. I guess. Or maybe he'd seen the tape and he just thought like, oh, that woman, she's got a deep voice and she's 5'11", so she's got to be tough. Tough. Tougher than New Rope. Tougher than New Rope. (laughs) And then you obviously met him. At work. At work. Do you know that he has said this? So you were aware of it? Oh, yeah, he did this. Like, I was on set for um, this Hulu show, Difficult People. Yeah. Um... I was away from my phone and then I came back to this like influx of new followers and messages and I was like, what is going on? Did I upload a photo by mistake or something crazy? And it was, it was this Instagram post of Dwayne Johnson's that was like a photo of mine announcing the casting in Baywatch. And I think I got like 
20,000 new followers that day. Are you kidding? Day. Yeah. So it was great it in was a great. weird way. Yeah. But it was so strange. Yeah. All right, so I read that you had aspirations to be a professional DJ. I did. And even went to DJ school. I did go to DJ okay. school. First of all, where is DJ school? It was, it was um, <laughs> there are many of them. What? So there's Scratch Academy, which I looked at. <laughs> not real. That's not real. Real Scratch Academy. Okay. I think it's still open. Um, my alma mater, Dubspot, is no longer. Oh, I love Dubspot. Dubspot. Yeah. Uh, but it was a great place. I just, it was a, at a time also that I don't even think I'd done the brick with Spike yet. You know, I was like still miserable in the restaurants and I was like, I gotta figure out something else. Like acting is not happening. There's gotta be something else I could do. And then I was like, I know, I'll just be a DJ. I love music. <laughs> Because what else do you need? So I, I went for it. My parents paid for my DJ yeah. school. How long did it take? It. This is what happened. Oh. <laughs> so it was like a four-month program. Very intensive, okay. right? It was only two days a week, but it was three hours per class. And I was really loving it. And then we had this really hard-ass DJ teacher. I forget her name. <laughs> <laughs> DJ. It's, it's the stakes that you are trying to set up here are hilarious. I'm trying, I'm trying. But the first guy was so relaxed. He was like, "Yeah, you know, you got to go home and come back with these mixes. You can you can present them and share them with the class if you want." And I was like, "All right, cool." So I'd go in there on my own time and I'd perfect these mixes. And then she's like, "You're going to come back next week and you're going to get up and present your mix to the class whether or not you're ready." Okay. And that for me is like the way to ensure that I never come back to DJ school. <gasps> It was supposed to be the, this fun thing that could earn me lots of money. Yeah. That I could love doing. And then she ruined it. Right. Because she just made it, she made it like scary. This high pressure yeah. thing. That you were like, this is not what yeah. I signed up for. So you just never came back? I never went back. <laughs> wow. <laughs> All right. Wasn't, that like was that not That says meant a lot be. about me. Yeah. You didn't get your PhDJ. <laughs> <laughs> that was good. That know. was good. But no, I didn't. And now okay. I feel like a loser no. for admitting that out loud. No, it's okay. You, you can go back to Scratch. Your Scratch Academy. Anytime. Anytime. Scratch, will you have me? <laughs> I, think, I think it worked out. Yeah, it's, we're okay. So uh, we have a game for you. Okay. It's common in hip-hop and rap for artists to sample pieces of other songs. So your game is called Sample Sampler. Ugh. We're going to play a hip-hop or rap song that samples another older song. Okay. Uh, for each clip, you can name either the songs or the artist. Basically, just tell us anything. Okay. Anything. About the songs. Okay. And we will give you points. Okay. And if you do well enough, listener, Ryan Lerman from Coral Springs, Florida, will win and ask me another Rubik's Cube. Let's okay. give it a shot. All right. So this song is from 1997. Okay. It samples a song from 1983. Okay. It's the, it's the police. Right? All right. Is that Puffy sampling the police? Yeah, there right? you go. Okay. That's all we need. Yes. Uh, Diddy featuring, well, now Diddy featuring Faith, Faith Evans. Evans. Yeah. I'll be missing I'll be you missing sampling you. The, police. the police every breath you take. Let's yes. hear that. They're both great songs. Watching, not missing. I know. That's okay. okay so I, I think missing is better. Watching is watching where is that creepy. song gets creepy. Yeah. <laughs> it's a little bit problematic. No. <laughs> All right. Okay. Let's see what you think about this next one. Okay. Ooh. <laughs> Okay, so I, I, I know Coolio. Yeah. Obviously, Gangster's Paradise. You're right. I don't know the sample. The sample. You know what? How? What if I said uh, Weird Al Yankovic? <laughs> <laughs> uh, can I? Can I do that? I'm going to give you a half point for that. Thank I'm going you. to give you a half point for that. All right. Uh, so, that's generous of that's you, it. but I appreciate so, it. So, you know what? Let's hear what the sample is from. spending most their lives living in the best time I still don't know. 
That's Stevie Wonder. Is that? I'm, yeah, that's 1976 Stevie Wonder. I'm sorry. I'm no. sorry everybody knew that but me. No, everyone just oh, learned. You know. They were excited. Look at all these white people saying no. <laughs> okay, here is your last one. Okay. This 1997 song samples a song from 1974. Look like rain, what a shame. Oh. I got the so obviously know the Missy version. Yep, that's good. Don't know who she sampled. I can't stand the rain. I just watched her at the VMAs. I can't stand the rain. Okay, well that is. Oh, all I need to know is the song name. That's right. Yes. I, I can't stand the rain is the other song yes. name. And the, the artist of the, of the other song is Ann Peebles. Do you want to hear that? Let's hear that. Yeah, sure. I'd love to. Oh, yeah. I know this. What a great sample. Kiss my window. Bringing back sweet memories. Congratulations. You did it. You and listener Ryan Lerman won Ask Me Another Remix Q. We did it, Ryan. Ilfinus stars on The Godfather of Harlem on Epic starting September 29th. Check it out. And thank you so, thank you so much, much. Ilfinus. Ta-da, so everybody. Thank you. Want our next special guest to play for you? Follow Ask Me Another on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Our next game is about important inventions like that knob thing that you stick on the back of your phone. What did we do before that? Hold our entire phone in our hands? Are you kidding me? Let's meet our contestants. First up, Desiree Stage, visiting us from Philadelphia. You are an artist, photographer, and you have a superpower. You can do addition extremely quickly. I hear that is true, but I don't think it's true. What do you mean you hear it is true, but you don't think it's true? My wife is bad at math, but she is convinced that I do math quickly. It's not true. You do math at what you consider a reasonable pace. Yeah, I just add. You just add? <laughs> and she just can't do it at all. She's like, oh my God. She sees addition and she's like, you. <laughs> Desiree, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Your opponent is Rita Makita. You are from Cleveland, Ohio, and you are a high school science teacher there. I am. So uh, in your high school science class, you also present some of the uh, projects to the community? Yeah, so our school is project-based. Okay. So like last year when I taught about energy, uh, I had them design and engineer bicycles that they turn into generators that could charge cell phones, because that's what they care about. Right. (laughs) (laughs) Rita, when you ring in, we'll hear this. Remember, Desiree and Rita, whoever has more points after two games will go to our final round. In this trivia game, Jonathan and I will pretend to be historic tech support agents addressing problems with very old inventions. And you're going to ring in and identify what we are troubleshooting. Here we go. You should hear all the complaints we get about having to keep this invention outside, but that is the only way the gnomon will cast a shadow and tell you what time it is. Desiree. Sundial. That is correct, Sundial. At least they automatically turned off at night. It's <laughs> <laughs> kind of a nice thing. It's silent mode all the time. <laughs> I totally understand your frustration. Just remember, you have to treat your copper plate with silver iodide before exposure, or no amount of mercury vapor will set the image. Rita. An old-timey camera? Yeah, we'll allow it. We're looking for daguerreotype or photography, but yes, that's great. Yeah. <laughs> I know you're trying to listen to the episode of My Favorite Murder, 1877, featuring Billy the Kid. Please check if the needle is touching the cylinder. Yes, leaving marks on the wax is normal. That's how it stores your audio. Desiree. It's the record player, but I can't think of the name of the thingamaboob. 
<laughs> the cornucopia business. Hey, turns out we're going to take record player. We're going to take thingamaboob record player as the answer. We, we're going to go with that. Gramophone would have been all right. Record player. Yeah. I guess the one with the big bell is what we were talking about. It's called a thingamaboob. Yeah, which I'm, I'm sure everyone, like, lost their keys down that thing, right? Wouldn't you just want to... All the toddlers in all the households just dumping every tiny thing down that bell. Carrots, peas. I am so sorry you can't finish your tapestry. Okay. Are you connected to the leash rods and the heddles? Great. Okay, great. Now you'll want to make sure your warp shed is maintaining a good tension from your weft. Desiree. A loom. Yeah, that's correct. A loom. You know what happens when you don't use a loom? Uh, no, what happens? It just looms. <laughs> Best dad joke of the night so far. It's a good one. Yeah, I know it looks like a lot of small rocks and sludge right now. Just let it dry and you'll get a nice hard slab. Desiree. Cement. Nope. Uh, can we accept that? We cannot accept that. Oh. I'm sorry, we cannot accept cement. Rita, do you know the answer? Concrete? Yes, that is correct. <laughs> cement is an ingredient in concrete. <laughs> concrete is a mixture of cement and probably gravel and uh, peas and carrots. <laughs> Choo-choo, may I help you? I'm here to save your caboose. Okay, first put the coal out. Uh, then we're going to look at the piston and boiler and get you in locomotion. Desiree. Train engine. Can you be a little bit more specific? What kind of train engine? I don't know. (laughs) All right. Rita, can you steal? A steam engine? That's what I'm looking for. Yeah, that's all. Okay, great game, and it's a tie. If your favorite movie is Quiz Show and your favorite Quiz Show is movie, I hate to break it to you, but there is no Quiz Show called movie. Be a contestant on our quiz show. Go to amatickets.org. Coming up, a music parody game about cheese. That's right. It's just how I like my men, sharp, jacked, and shredded. I'm Ophira Eisenberg, and this is Ask Me Another from NPR. This message comes from NPR sponsor, Comedy Central. Did you know that The Daily Show with Trevor Noah is also a podcast? Join the world's fakest news team as they cover the biggest stories in politics and pop culture. You'll get your news fix, plus extended interviews with amazing guests, and not to mention candid, hilarious, and Emmy Award-winning between-the-scenes conversations of Trevor with the audience. When the traditional news cycle brings you down, let The Daily Show with Trevor Noah, Ears Edition, bring you back up. Subscribe and listen every weekday. Support for this podcast and the following message comes from MailChimp. So, you want to grow your business. Now what? MailChimp's all-in-one marketing platform. That's what. It has all the marketing stuff you need all in one place so you can save time and money. And it's powered by a marketing CRM so you can collect, organize, and understand your audience data. All to help you market smarter and grow faster. Learn more at MailChimp.com. When you think of country music, you probably have a particular image in mind. But as you can imagine, the history is way more complicated. This week on Throughline, we sit down with filmmaker Ken Burns to talk about his new documentary about the origins of country music. Throughline from NPR, the podcast where we go back in time to understand the present. This is NPR's Ask Me Another. I'm Jonathan Colton. Now here's your host, Ophira Eisenberg. Thank you, Jonathan. Before the break, we met our contestants, Desiree and Rita. Our next game goes out to all of my lactose heads. It's a rich and smooth music parody about cheese. Let's check in with our contestants. Desiree, so I heard uh, you and your family have two really cool traditions Every July. Yeah, so um, because we're gay and things are as they are, uh, my wife and I both carried a child, and um, we each had to 
adopt the one the other carried. So because we didn't want adoption day to be a sad, weird memory, uh, we decided to, to do a good one. So Gus's adoption day was 7-11, so that's Slurpee day. <laughs> <laughs> and Theo's adoption day was July 26th. Uh, so we looked that up, and that's National Coffee Milkshake Day. Oh. So we're just going to get regular milkshakes. Yes. Yeah. For the time being, that's awesome. Now, Rita, you and your friends have a tradition that you do every July-ish as well. What is that? We spend a weekend in a very remote part of Ohio camping, and there's quite a bit of nudity involved. Okay. Sounds fun. Some people wear clothes. I wear clothes sometimes, but... but. <laughs> You know, a lot of people take it as their one opportunity a year to not do that. Yeah. <laughs> Especially the Canadians that join us. What are you talking about? The Canadians are the big nudies? They are the most, they are the most naked of the bunch. The most naked? Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's naked, and then there's Canadian naked. <laughs> oh, Canada, my home and naked land. <laughs> Isn't that how it goes? Yeah. There's a lot of people walking around with a well-placed maple leaf. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so one of our game writers is also a cheesemonger. And so she wrote this music parody about cheese. Whoever wins this will go to the final round. Whoever loses this will have to buy cheese nips instead of cheese its. We rewrote cheesy songs to make them about different types of cheese. Please don't write in and complain that I have offended you by calling one of your favorite songs cheesy. (laughs) Just ring in to identify the cheese that I'm singing about, and if you get that right, you can earn a bonus point by naming the original song's title or the artist who made it famous. Here we go. All my life, never liked Swiss or blue, and I thank cows and the and the Somerset case All my life My burgers get topped with you You are white But you're orange sometimes too Desiree Blue cheese I'm sorry, blue cheese is incorrect Rita, do you know the answer? Cheddar Cheddar cheese, that's right For a bonus point, can you name the song or artist? Well, Desiree is offended that you're life? even taking seat. <laughs> it is called All My Life. That's correct. Here's your next one. Peel and eat strands of proteins, darling. Can you taste the caprese and the buffalo? Stretch those curds now, please. It's from Italy. Quickly, it is a fresh cheese. Desiree. Mozzarella. Mozzarella, you got it. For the bonus point, can you name the song or artist? Eternal Flame by the Bengals. Yeah, that's right. Did you ever drink that water that the mozzarella kind of sits in? <laughs> no, I haven't. Have, have you? I'm uh, just saying. <laughs> Here's your next one. From Switzerland, used in France for sure. On onion soup and croque monsieur. Cause you know I'd fly 4,000 miles if I could just aid you in case. Desiree. Provolone. Gruyere. Sorry, I have to take your first answer. You can't just name a bunch of cheeses. Sorry. (laughs) Rita, do you know the answer? Is it Gruyere? It is Gruyere. (laughs) You're welcome. Can you name the song or artist? I can sing it. Is it it Michelle Branch? It it is not Michelle Branch. No, it's Vanessa Carlton, A Thousand Miles. The other one. (laughs) Here we go. My rind is blooming. From Normandy In wooden boxes Smaller than brie Issued to French soldiers Soft and smooth as silk 
And if you want the real stuff, you won't pasteurize the milk. Frida. Camembert? Camembert is the answer. Can you get the bonus point by naming the song or artist? <gasps> what? This, is, this is what you sing to the cheese. That's your beautiful by James Blunt. Here we go. You are nutty and creamy and salty and Dutch. You're the hard cheese that makes my heart beat. I can't eat that wax coating, it's not food as such. But my eyes still smile at this cheese. Desiree. Gouda. <laughs> Gouda is right. Oh yeah, you've been, your whole life has led up to that moment. It's a good cheese, I agree with you. For the bonus point, can you name the song or artist? Ed Sheeran. Yeah, that's right, thinking out loud. This is your last clue about cheese. <laughs> the waiter grates you into a mountain Until my entree's dusted with cheese Want you to fall on my pasta forever Until I say that's enough for me Rita. Parmesan. Yeah, that's right. Bonus point if you can name the song or artist. Savage Garden. Yeah, truly, madly, deeply. Very, very, very close game. Rita is going to our final round. The final round is coming up, but first, Jonathan and I will play a game. This is called Fact Bag. I have a bag full of envelopes with trivia questions written on them. Jonathan and I have not been told the answers in advance. We will read a question, talk about it, make our best guess, and then open the envelope and find out the answer. This is Fact Bag. Okay, Jonathan. Yes. In Germany... What honor does a family's seventh child qualify for? Let's hope it's free therapy. <laughs> uh, it's Europe, right? Yep. So they're a, they're a reasonable country, probably. They, Practical, They pragmatic. treat everybody nice. They, they care about the people who live in the country. Probably Correct. the government does, yeah. I'm guessing. So it's probably something good. Yeah. So maybe they get like a free, free... House. What if they house. get a free house? A, a college education. I think that's already free. <laughs> free healthcare. Already free. Already free. Okay. Free beer. <laughs> free beer. Free pitcher of beer. Yeah, maybe. But I think I think you're right. It's pragmatic. It's probably free house. What the or hell something do they like not that. get already? That they. Uh... I mean, I think you still have to pay for a house. Yeah, sure. Free house. I'm free gonna house. Say free house. <laughs> okay. Uh, the answer is: If a family wishes, the German president can become the seventh child's honorary godparent. That's not a thing I would have guessed. And also, I feel like every German is like, "Nope, pass." <laughs> the honor comes with an award of five hundred euros. Oh, now I'm oh, thinking well. different. Yeah. All right. How much was Bob Ross? paid per episode to host his long-running PBS show, The Joy of Painting. It ran from 1983 to 1994. So my guess is it's going to be something that seems way too low to us for a, for a person who has hosted a show for 10 years, because he seems like a nice guy who probably didn't care a lot about money. But those perms didn't come for free. No, that's true. <laughs> And it's beloved, and he does seem super happy, and it's yeah. PBS, yeah. and you're right. It's going to be a low it's be amount. It's like 150 bucks a show or That's something That's right. Like that. But I challenge you to this. Yeah. Nothing. <gasps> you're saying he did it for free. Yep. As long as I could show pictures of my pet squirrels. <laughs> and paint whatever I want. Paint whatever I want. It's probably going to be a landscape. <laughs> you just pay for these perm rods, and we've got a deal. Just keep the perms coming. I'll do the show for free. Let's see. The answer is he was paid nothing. Oh, wow. 
He was paid nothing to host the Joy of Painting. Bob Ross revealed this in a 1990 Orlando Sentinel interview, saying, quote, this is PBS. All these shows are done for free. <sighs> well, I feel like a real heel because I make 150 bucks a show at this, <laughs> this job. Okay. In the early 1900s, the cereal company Kellogg's offered a free box of cornflakes to any housewife in New York who would do what? <laughs> oh. Well, it's the 1900s, so it's not anything salacious. <laughs> right. In fact, it's probably something offensive. But what if it was something like just borderline to be like, take a bath in a thing of cornflakes. Oh, Fira. And then take some... Yeah, photos. Some, how about some naked photos of you <laughs> in a bathtub with some cornflakes, and we'll give you a free box of cornflakes. Why would any housewife say no? Let's see what it says. Uh, the answer is Kellogg's gave a free box of cornflakes to any housewife who winked at her grocer. I did not think it was going to be that bad. The promotion was called Wink Day Wednesdays and apparently was risque at the time. When the promotion ended, Kellogg's ran a print ad reading in large text, Stop Winking. <laughs> All right, the fact bag is empty. Thank you, fact bag. It's time to crown our big winner. Let's bring back our finalist, Eric Bosworth, who follows directions to relax. <laughs> and Rita Makita, who loves to get naked with Canadians. <laughs> Eric and Rita, your final round is called Pardon My French. Every answer is a commonly used French word or phrase. I'll give you a definition and the letter it starts with. And our big winner will receive an Ask Me Another Rubik's Cube signed by Ilfinish Hedera. We rolled a 20-sided die backstage, and Eric is going first. Here we go. Eric, starting with A. In French, it means fashionable, but in the U.S., it usually means topped with ice cream. A la mode. That is correct. Rita, starting with B, have a great trip. Bon voyage. That is correct. Eric, starting with D, it's the strange feeling you've experienced something before. Deja vu. That is correct. Rita, starting with P, it's a fixed price menu. Pre pricks, pre prefix. That is correct. There you go. There. <laughs> Jonathan, how are our contestants doing? So far, it is a tie game, Afira. Sure is. Eric, starting with C, literally meaning blue ribbon. It describes a chicken entree made with cheese, breadcrumbs, and ham. Cordon bleu. That is correct. <laughs> Rita, starting with F, Sharon Stone in Basic Instinct, and Michelle Pfeiffer in Batman Returns are examples of this type of dangerous female character. Femme fatale. That is correct. Eric, starting with T, it's an exceptional achievement, such as any Meryl Streep performance. A tour de force. That is correct. Rita, starting with D, it's the strange feeling you've experienced something before. <laughs> Deja vu. That is correct. <laughs> Eric, starting with L, economist Adam Smith advocated this form of capitalism with minimal government interference. Laissez-faire. That is correct. Rita, starting with D, this word is often used to describe eased tensions between the U.S. and the USSR from the late 60s to the 70s. Detente. That is correct. Eric... Starting with B, Dorothy Parker was known for making a witty remark, also known as this. Is that a barb? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, that is incorrect. Thank you, sir. We were looking for bon mot. Oh, yeah. Rita. You know we can hear you, right, sir? <laughs> Rita, starting with D, it's your butt. <laughs> Derriere. <laughs> that is correct. 
All right, only a few questions left. Jonathan, what is the score? Well, there's been a break of the tie, and now Rita is in the lead six to five. Eric, starting with C, it's a type of dead-end street often found in the suburbs. Uh, is that a cul-de-sac? That is correct. Right. Rita, starting with F, it's a contractual clause that activates due to an unforeseen circumstance such as war or an act of God. Three seconds. We were looking for force majeure. We have one last question for each of you. Jonathan? Ophira, it's a tie game again. Okay. <laughs> Eric? Starting with C, it's when you have a blank check to do whatever. Uh, I think that's a carte blanche. That is correct. All right, Rita, you have to get this question right in order to force a tie. Rita, starting with C, that's life. C'est la vie. That is correct. All right. It all comes down to a tiebreaker, so in this case, you are going to, yes... Ring in. Starting with R. This four-letter initialism is often found at the bottom of an invitation. Rita? R-S-V-P. That is correct. Come on, that was an amazing game. Well done, both of you. And congratulations, Rita. And that is our show. Our podcast drops each Friday. Listen and subscribe. Ask Me Another's house musician is Jonathan Colton. Hey, my name anagrams to thou jolt a cannon. Our puzzles were written by Andrew Kane, Julia Melfi, and Scott Ross, with additional material by Emily Winter and senior writer Karen Lurie. Our senior supervising producer is Rachel Neal. Ask Me Another is produced by Mike Katzeff, Travis Larchuk, Kiara Powell, Nancy Seychow, Ramel Wood, and our intern, Natalie Hetayan, along with Steve Nelson and Anya Grunman. We are recorded by Damon Whittemore, Rick Kwan, and Jeff O'Neill. We'd like to thank our live event sponsor, Weston Hotels and Resorts, and our home in Brooklyn, New York, The Bell House. Hot Heel Blues. And her production partner, WNYC. I'm her ripe begonias. Ophira Eisenberg. And this was Ask Me Another from NPR. Hey, happy to hear you're still listening. And since you're still here, why not pop over to Apple Podcasts and write us a review? We love to hear from you, and it helps others find out about our show. For additional information about new episodes, upcoming live shows, road shows, and bonus games, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Thanks. This is NPR. Next time on Ask Me Another, you're in for a double feature. From Netflix's She's Gotta Have It, we'll have actor DeWanda Wise. And Tay Diggs reflects on his role in the iconic film, How Stella Got Her Groove Back. I have had people say, you are my grandma's favorite. (laughs) So join me, Ophira Eisenberg, on Ask Me Another, the answer to life's funnier questions. 